We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's True Faith Podcast. Uh, I'm Alex Hurst, joined by, in no particular order, uh, Adam, Ben, Chubbs, Sai, and Mickey Carlin, full name. Um, we are sat in um, the Herb Garden in Newcastle, yeah. recording this post burn We've just got a lovely lot of drinks delivered. And then Newcastle have left two points out there against a very, very, very average Burnley side. And um, no one's really know where it leaves us. It's also the end of the transfer window. And Newcastle have added Islam Slomani at the time of speaking, as well as Kennedy, who looks like a really, really, really good footballer. Uh, well called clubs by you. You rated them big time. Um, and it remains to be seen if Newcastle will do any more business in the remaining 45 minutes. So lads, keep your phone out in case we're signing some kid from Feyenoord for 30 million quid. But I'm going to come to Adam first. Adam, where are we? Is there any positive to be taken out of that? Oh, absolutely. Um, look, everyone's disappointed with another game thrown away due to missed chances. But look, had that been like... I think it's I think because it's a Burnley as well, the fact that Burnley are traditionally a poor bottom of the table kind of side if that had been like a Leicester or an Everton and we'd, we'd got a, a decent one-all draw then we're looking pretty positive we played very well Kennedy what a debut he, he basically ran the show in the first half I thought Diarmi's performance was really really good as well so I think we did a lot of things right tonight but it's the same old story it's, it's, it's wasted chances it's not putting the game to bed and it's allowing the opposition to grow into the second half and basically reduces down to their style of play. It was, you know, Burnley work off free kicks, stop starts, lumps into the box, headers, aerial challenges. That's basically what their game is. They don't like, they didn't like it when we played along the ground and we tried to play fluid football. They couldn't deal with Kennedy, for example. But we allowed them to reduce us down to their style of play. And I think in the second half, you know, there was only in the last sort of 10, 5, you know, 10-5 minutes, there was only going to be one winner if there was going to be a third goal and it was going to go to Burnley because we didn't look we didn't look close to getting that winner after missing so many chances earlier on. Yeah. Um, can't disagree with any of that. Um, I mean, we, we may as well get straight into it. Um, ben, I'm going to start with you since you're immediately right. Is that enough? Are we, you know, that's, that's three points picked up against in recent times against Brighton. Swansea and Burnley, and there was only one team really in those games. There's only one, I mean, a Swansea in the second half, and Burnley, as Adam says, come into it last 10 15. But it's a poor return, isn't it? And, and, and do you think it's it's already kind of um, terminal? I think, I mean, just one thing to say, I think that's the best we'll play this season without taking all three points. We've battered them 
for the first sort of 60, 70 minutes really. The chances we've created, basically we've not won because of a few sloppy bits of play, the poor pass or a bad penalty or whatever. But um, it just... It's an understatement. Yeah, but it's, it's just... Like, you can't... We're not going to play that well all the time and, and get opportunities to, to pick up points. And if we can't take the the um, advantage of it when, when we're, we're playing well and against a team that hasn't really shown up tonight, to be honest, um, then we're not going to do it if, if the, the opposition turn up. It's really, really worrying. I think the only positive is obviously um, the state of the teams around us. But, um, I mean, obviously we've, we've not particularly strengthened over the, the sort of window and it's, it's just a massive, massive gamble. And I mean, it's not, not always lost. I mean, as I say, the, the players are still fighting. There's still some positives to take there. I think Modiame, as um, Adam alluded to, was, was unbelievable again tonight. Like, didn't put a foot wrong. I feel it's, like it's, a, a proud dad. Yeah. <laughs> I've, backed him, I've backed him from the start. And tonight, the foot Block V was singing his name. Uh, I'm just so he, he, he was like unbelievable. Like, he was the one player out there that was putting in 100% like, Flying into every tackle, winning the ball, I like, give everything for the for the club tonight. Um, and uh, it's just unfortunate that uh, it was wasn't enough. I think Kennedy, is, uh, as we already said as well, was brilliant. Um, so there's there's some positives there, but it's just the the, the goal threat. With again, we've we've created a lot of chances and not been able to put anything away. We've just got to pray and hope that Slomani will, will come in and bang a few for her. Um, lots of good points made there. Uh, Chubbs go on then. Talk to us about Kennedy. Were you expecting that strong a debut from a lad who's hardly played any football this season? I was absolutely. I don't actually think he's shown everything he's got in his locker, really. I think at times he looked like he was kind of looking at his teammates and wondering what his place was and wondering how much he should be driving on. Um, I think he's got a bit more in him to run a players as well. Um, from what I hear from people inside the game anyway, he's, he's got Megs galore, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. In the first half, he was a danger man, non-stop. Every time he was anywhere near the ball, Bardsley seemed to back off and wipe his arse a bit. Um, yeah, absolutely stunning. Unfortunately, it's not going to be enough in this window, I don't think, to really excite the fans, to just get him through the door. It's not really fair on the fans. Um, and I, I can't decide whether I'm raging or not because Burnley's got about the population of fucking Blythe Town. And I hate the fact that we have drawn with them or we haven't got more out of them this season. But for the ability level of the players we had on the pitch tonight, I can't really be mad at them. I don't really, you know, I don't, I don't think they've, they've underperformed. I think they've played well. I think. Mind you, man for man. Man for man, we were better than them, yeah. Like got to be. Even like their, their team is terrible. Yeah, yeah I mean, they've, they've got a £50 million striker to come on. And it made a massive difference, Chris Wood, when he came on. A massive difference. We couldn't handle him. Just like just like last season at yeah. uh, St James, we couldn't handle him. Yeah. I'll, I'll spread it out. Um, Sai, first half, Hosselu. I mean, I actually thought it was Paul Dumas taking the pen and I was, I, eyebrows were raised but I wish it was Paul <laughs> I wish it was Paul Dunham taking the fucking pen out and seeing what Hosloo did and I, I liked Hosloo's effort tonight he closed down well he would have he, he didn't really have his area of dominance but uh, Sai talk, talk us through the pen and what and, and your thoughts I mean first of all Kennedy brilliant bit of play but just go on just, just talk me through I mean what, what do you need to know like it was the worst penalty you have, I've seen in a long time since well since Mitrovic last season you think you should have taken it um, obviously he's, he's a centre forward I, I, I had no qualms when you turned around and said is that Paul Dummett I had to take two looks and, and make sure it wasn't Paul Dummett <laughs> but I mean Richie's our pen taker he wasn't on the pitch at the time if Richie was on the pitch he would have took it obviously but he's a centre forward you've got to back him so I was more than happy with him I was a bit worried because there was lots of people around us sort of saying oh no he's not is he he's not not Yossalu which doesn't 
obviously you probably can't hear that but when you when half the crowd's already thinking Seven. shit it probably doesn't help him but uh, he, he didn't look confident at all did he he kind of his body shape was all wrong he stepped up we all knew it we all knew exactly where that ball was going and so did the keeper the run-up was put yeah he didn't he didn't run up to smash it he just no, kind of jogged up no angle on the road. He, he, he approaches it like it's just it's just it was a lad who looks bereft of confidence a lad who just doesn't look like he believes in himself anymore and it's not what we, when we first got him those first couple of games against West Ham and um, Stoke at home he was class and he just he dominated and he he seemed to really back himself against against the adversity because no one really thought he was up to much but he doesn't look like that anymore he looks he's he's playing in his shell again and it's kind of that penalty summed him up at the minute well, I think with the penalty you know it's, it's it's the one kind of set play in football where you have almost too much time to think about where it's going and it's something that we saw in Papasisi in years gone by when he's got too much time to think he loses that natural instinct when a player like Hosselu is so down and as you, as you say side completely bereft of confidence a penalty that is so crucial despite him being a striker despite him being 12 yards out unchallenged shot like a goal against uh, Burnley's second goalkeeper like give it to somebody who's going to be brimming with confidence somebody mentioned they don't know why Marino didn't take it I don't know why Kennedy didn't take it because the lad was dripping in confidence like he had this swagger about him and he just was unfazed by everything that was going on around him and he decided to take that game certainly in the first half you know took the game by the scruff of the neck and he made things happen and honestly you give him that penalty he tooks it away with like you know an eye close he, he, he will he will, he will breeze past it but instead it's Hosselu and it was just a very big thing and, 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 and I just think the situation overwhelmed him and it maybe was just the, it was just the wrong person to take it yeah uh, if he gets a pen on Saturday if we get a pen on Saturday I'll not be happy if he steps up uh, <laughs> to take it maybe I felt like he took it out I felt like he took it out of duty he's thinking because he's a striker he, he had to take it do you know what I mean because he'd started up front but and that sounds daft for someone who's a centre forward in the Premier League. It's not his game. Yeah. Like that is not his game. Clearly, this season, you know, coming away, what was he on four goals? Finishing's not really his game. His game is one, two touches, bringing other people into play, being a bit of a dog's body, being a bit of a battering ram. I think he just kind of he felt a bit of a weight on his shoulders to go up and take it. I think it was Perez was Perez near him as well. Was Perez asking for it? Yeah, I thought I thought Perez was interested actually. There's a couple of people around him. <laughs> yeah. Doctor, you and thought Dummett was taking no, it. No, <laughs> no, I, I want to come to Mickey and, and Mickey. Uh, what I want to put to you is, um, I want to talk about Hosloo. You want to talk about Hosloo first? Yeah. Okay, I'll come back to you after that. Um, just briefly, one of the things that I pointed out at half time to Chubbs, who was sat next to us today, um, I thought Hosloo played well in the first half, especially the first sort of 30 minutes. I thought it was one of the better performances he put in for us, and the reason was. Our players were quite close to him and so he only had to take one or two touches, which he's reasonably good at. He can hold the ball up for one or two touches. If we're forcing him to take five, he hasn't got it. If he's isolated for three, four seconds until someone else is near him with the, to get the ball off him, he, he can't do it. But with one or two touches, he's, he's big enough and strong enough and he's got one or two touches in him. And until I think until we got the pen, he was playing Aris and then you could see like it was a disgusting penalty and you could see the confidence just sap out of him straight away and the, the rest of the game he was atrocious and, you, and it was obvious that it was it was confidence yeah and we in the second half we were very critical of him when he dragged that drags that shot right uh, wide when we had the chance to go turn up we've just seen the replay and the the ball from Murphy is basically a joke um, it's behind him it's bobbling it's slow 
So, you know, tough, tough on him there. Mate, I mean, I passed this to Sai as well when, when you've had your save, Sai wants to say anything else. Are we just unlucky or are we not good enough? Like, so for example, you know, if you look, let's take tonight and let's take Everton. Everton, we've hit the bar. We've hit the inside of the post. We've hit the inside of the post tonight. Brilliant save from the keeper. We've um, missed the pen. We've, we've controlled that game and we've taken one point from those two games against two top half teams, Everton the top half as, uh, as of now. Does that suggest we're a good team playing without luck or does it suggest that, you know, I'm, I'm picking out very specific moments in games to cling to and in fact we're, we're relegation fodder? What do you think? It's difficult to say. I think probably somewhere in between. Um, bad luck doesn't last for as long as, as, as long as we've had it so there's certainly an element of, of, of lack of ability and lack of quality which we've said all, all year um, and it's, it's obvious when you look at the team but you can't you can't just forget about those key moments in games that's, that can otherwise turn it if we, like like the examples you've given there for Everton from today if, if Hosloo scores that pen we win we win that game if Hosloo scores that shot in the second half where he's pulled it wide we win if he gets on the end of it at the end where I, I mean it was a you couldn't really see from our corner but it looked like if he'd been maybe a step faster with five minutes to go at the back post, he scores. Any of those three go in the net and we win. So it, 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 football runs on five margins and there's, certain, there's certainly a massive element of, of being unlucky. And, and we, we're, we're on the wrong end of all the key moments and the key, the key knife-edge things at the minute. We seem, they seem to all go against the castle. So both... Sorry, that's a shite answer. I, I, I'm not normally as negative as I'm about to be, but I, I think it's more the latter. I think you've just called it key moments, but we only give ourselves one or two key moments. Fair enough, today we played pretty well. We maybe had three or four guilt-edge chances, and we should have put that game to bed, but generally across this whole season, each game we've, we've been able to pick out one moment where, with a bit of luck, we might have scored or, um, or what have you, but realistically... You cannot just you cannot just play football like that where you get one chance a game and if you don't get it you lose like that's not good enough. Three though a day. Yeah, today was was probably different. Two, today, two at least against Everton. But again, you know, one one game isn't isn't going to change the season. It's, it's, yeah. Get your one chance a game. It's it's Markham territory there. Get your one chance a game, not scoring it and fucking cursing God that you're so unlucky and that you, you deserve to win it. Yeah, but on the other hand though, it's like it's not like Burnley or Everton or. I mean, Bournemouth was different. Dwight Gill scores a legitimate goal. It's ruled out. Matt, Matt Ritchie gets the inside of the post. I'm just trying, you know, we're, we're scratching around for points here. I mean, we've got, we've got Man United and Liverpool after Palace, which is just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, I think the question was, is, is it, are we getting unlucky or are we not very good? We're not very good. And so we need luck. We need luck at this point in the season to get, to get what we need oh, now. We need not to have bad We need, well, it's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> I don't think Castle. I don't think you'd say we would be lucky if all of those goals had gone in. They were all, you know, Matt Ritchie's hit the inside of the post three times this season. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably clutching here because I'm so disappointed. Look, p- personally, I think today perfectly epitomised why Rafa's needing a striker, why Rafa's needing a goalkeeper. I'm, I'm not going to blame Darlow for the, for, for the eventual goal because... I think it was just poor defending and Burnley are just very, very good at set pieces because that is their whole game. But I didn't feel that, say, Dolo had command of his area in a game that kind of was crying out for it. Obviously, Hosselu epitomised exactly why we need a striker who is confident in his own abilities, has belief. Um, Today, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same old story. It's the same old story. Today, 14 shots. How many on target? 
four. You know, 52% possession as well today, which is probably one of the first times we've uh, we've had the, the, the lion's share of, uh, of possession. Um, yet, you know, Burnley did have pockets where they absolutely dominated us and we didn't look like getting back in the game. But it's 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 the chances. We're, have, we're creating chances, we're having shots, but it's the same old story. We're talking about the same old themes through every single home game. I mean, and now the thing at home, it, it is, it's becoming a thing. When was the last time we won at home? Was it the was it was it Palace? Palace? One nil Marino in the last minute. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 this is going on too long. It's be, it's it is becoming a thing. Lucky girl as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was, and it, and, it, and it's telling that you know I, I talked before about uh, Burnley kind of reducing us down to to their style of play. How did our goal come about? Direct from a corner. It's exact. It's almost we we Burnley'd them, but then they they hit right back and and, and got one back. It's 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 very 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 frustrating. But I tell you what, there's 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 one man that could have that could have uh, improved tonight. And um, had Mike Ashley allowed Rafa Benitez to get these signings done on the 20th of January, like Rafa said he wanted, he told him in December. Um, we obviously know that um, Ashley had told Rafa weeks ago that the, that the takeover was off. Yet. He didn't take any responsibility for giving him a budget, um, for giving him the green light for any of these transfers. And what's happened? We've now gone into tonight's game against Burnley, and and and, and this, you know, this deadline of the twentieth that Rafa said it's not random. He knew that he had important games, Crystal Palace and Burnley coming up that were winnable games, FA Cup less so. But the fact that Salmani wasn't playing tonight, the fact that uh, this Dubrovko who would is clearly coming in as our new number one these kind of additions you saw the difference Kennedy made he was a, he was a cut above everyone else on our on our team bar the army and this is the difference that new signers can make it can lift everybody instead Hosselu is probably gonna have to go into Crystal Palace even worse confident that he, he started out tonight because he knows that I don't think um, Slomani's gonna be fit enough for the Palace game so he's now got you know three or four days now to stew on all those missed chances you know he needs he needs confidence. Sorry, Ben. No, no, just on that point, I think the new new signings would have come in with a, a, a fresh a breath of fresh air. Basically, I mean, you can see this team got baggage there. They know that they've been struggling. They know they haven't got the the what they've deserved out of some of these games this season. And it is literally like a hangover. They they just they're, they're probably so disappointed that they've they've deserved to win quite a few of these games this season probably and just haven't been, been able to do it. Whereas you see, Kennedy at night came in, didn't have any worries, just beat his man for, for fun. Sort of every every opportunity he had, played so just. His man was Phil Barsley. Yeah, Mickey was just saying his man was Phil Barsley, so uh, be be warned. Um, yeah, I, I agree with all that. I just want to talk to centre midfield for a minute. I think I believe that is the first time we've seen Marino and Diarme partner together in centre midfield this season, certainly in the Premier League. I thought for 60, 65 minutes it worked fantastically. The athleticism that they both had compared to maybe a Shelby and a Hayden um, or Shelby and anyone really um, was fantastic <laughs> and we were, we were all over the midfield. We didn't give them a minute. And it was, it was clearly a plan and Diarme, especially as we alluded to, had clearly been tasked with just get into these, fuck them up. And, and, and it worked really, really well and that, that bodes well for the future. However, it's the same old, from, and I think Marino did fine. I think he played well. I, I feel if we go back and listen to the podcast from like September, we'll be saying Mickey Marino, 50, 55 minutes, great, brilliant. And he falls off and he falls away and we'll put it down to fitness, we'll put it down to pace the Premier League. I don't feel like we can 
continue with a well, I don't know whether we can continue or not, but he has been injured. He's been injured, but I just I just feel like we'll see the same performance from him. You said Monty Panasar going to cricket. <laughs> he, did, he, he didn't. Yeah, I know. I know Whoa, you're, on you're on the wrong podcast. Yeah. Fucking just pull the googly there. Okay. He didn't have a hundred deliveries. He had the same delivery a hundred times, and I feel like I see the same performance from Marino. I know I'm being negative. Game after game, it's the same performance. It's nice touches in midfield. It's sweeping up quite nicely. It's athleticism in the first half, and then it's disappeared, disappearing after second half. Lack of fitness, lack of athleticism. It's kind of frustrating. So, Chubbs, that's a very way, long way of going into you. Do you back that team we pick tonight, and do you pick that team on Sunday? Yeah, I think it joins on the question you asked before about um, are we unlucky or we're just not very good. I think that team that was picked tonight. Um, well, I'll go back to what I said earlier in the week. Earlier in the week, I didn't back where to get more than two points out of out of these two games. I was very negative. And uh, the Geordie in me, the Geordie genes in me, every, say, hour before every game, optimism just goes through the roof. And I'm like, right, fuck it, we're getting three points. That's it. I've seen the team line up, we're getting three points. That's it. Genuinely tonight, the team we put out on that pitch, it is relega- relegation fodder, I haven't seen a question. But it's just good enough to stay up, in my opinion just good enough to stay up. I think man for man quality wise on paper on paper it's better than Brighton it's better than Swansea it's better than West Brom can't really think of any other shit teams Stoke Stoke, Stoke. 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 on paper being honest I wouldn't really there's nothing you could change for Saturday other than Maybe Murphy comes in on the right hand side. I don't think Atu had his best game tonight. If he's not, you know, he wasn't very assertive. And I think um, when you've got Kendi, you don't really need Atu. If you've got Kendi, who's willing to run at people, I think Rafa likes balance, doesn't he? Um, I think you would. I think you prefer to have someone with a little bit more culture on the on the right hand side, a little bit more. I think at times tonight, Atu was a bit of a headless chicken. Just got his head down and tried to just game with yards when they weren't really there. Um, Hosselu. I mean, I wouldn't have picked him tonight, but. We don't have many options, like unless Lamani's fit. Um, and I, just, I can't be mad at him because I think he's playing at the wrong level. I really do. I think you know he's a championship player playing in the Premier League, and that, that seems to be the case time and time again. But so I can't be mad at him playing poorly because he's at the wrong level. But yeah, one to eleven um, for Sunday. I wouldn't really change much. A back four, fairly solid. Maybe Mankio in for in for Yedlin. I think there's a, a lot of fans would agree with that as well. Um, LaSalle's and Clark were very assured. I didn't, one thing I didn't like, um, I mean, I'm, I'm a big advocate of, of playing football and playing out from the back in, in general. Um, I think that's the way it should be played, it should be played on the deck. But there was a couple of times today in front of me and you, Mickey, where fucking Darlow puts the ball down and LaSalle's and Clark split. And we try to go at LaSalle's feet and play through the thirds. Bin that off immediately. Like, he's got it in him, has he? He, ha- he hasn't got it, man. He's not, he's a light, he's, He's a known liability on the ball. He's a, he's a fucking top lad. He leads the team well. He is a skipper. Great in the air. Great positionally. Gets out well. Talks well. But he's, he's not the sort of person want to get the ball on the deck and play out from. How many times did we try? Did Dollar try and give the ball to Yedlin? And there was one where he just got tackled off Aaron Lennon. I mean, Lennon's not really known for his tackling. I mean, what, what worries me a little bit, Chubbs, and you've, yet, um, sorry, Lennon and Wood. And the other lad who came on oh. was the folks who came on. They changed the game. The Burnley's bench there made a massive impact on the game. They changed the flow of the game. We, we were on top and, and it's like when we talk about quality or lack of it, 
Murphy did did well when he come on again. That that pass to fucking Hossalu, but never mind that. We we just look so weak from the bench. And yeah, you know Salomon Salomon comes in and, and I think he's a good sign and we'll talk about him great. But it's still Hossalu coming on for him. And, you know, it's still we're still gonna have the same problems and Sai, I'll come on to it. Uh, it's almost weird, it's weird, isn't it? And, and Adam, you said this in, um, in the group chat on WhatsApp. There's almost like a little bit of acceptance about the business we've done because it's happened at the last minute. Whereas, surely, it's it's a disgrace. I know, it's, it's been weird. People have been buzzing because we've actually made some deadline day signings, which we haven't for I don't know how long. I mean... You have to go back to... The last be- uh, deadline day business we did was getting Sissoko away for 35 million. Um, so I, in that sense, it's weird, isn't it? Because you, we started the day thinking, well, that's it. We'll probably won't sign anyone. And it looks, we've got Slimani. We'll probably got this keeper potentially. I, I, I don't know. Still yet to have that confirmed. Um, I totally agree, though. I, I, I'm not at all buzzing. I, I think we should be, we should be as critical as we are, as we were yesterday about it today, because at the end of the day, Slimani, while I'm, I've no doubt he'll improve the team, he's not exactly prolific, and he he's had a year and a half at Leicester, and yeah, all right, he's not he's not the number one striker. They've got they've got Vardy, but he scored eight goals in in a season and a half at Leicester. So, you know, if that's the only sign we're going to make to save our season, we're still playing with fire. We're st- it's papering over one of the three hundred cracks we've got in the team at the minute, and it's it's still a disgrace. Just like to make a quick correction, Ben's pointed out <laughs> that uh, Chris Wood didn't play today. It was Sam Vokes who come on and cha- he did change the game and do really well. But anyway, but to Adam. I thought that's the Just getting onto the Slimani thing. Um, interesting tweet from uh, Luke Edwards earlier was a uh, vaguely interesting point, but Slimani was the striker Benitez told us he wanted before the transfer window opened, but didn't think he could get him back then. So he'd be very happy with him signing today. So it's interesting that actually. Rafa Benitez might have got feasibly his number one target given our situation so I think all he'll be upset about is simply the um, the fact that it's been done on the last day and we haven't got this deal done like two weeks ago I think that's I appreciate that you know talk about um, Slimani having to be behind Vardy in the pecking order I don't think Slimani's probably had a proper chance to you know, thrive in English football. He's obviously has a pedigree that's better than what we've seen, um, certainly than what we have in the current squad. I mean, we've got to look in context here. Are the players that we're bringing in going to improve us? Dubravka, I don't know much about him at all, but if he's if, if Rafa sees him as number one, he's probably going to be an upgrade on Elliot and uh, Darlow. Is Slomani better than Hosselu and Gale? Yeah, probably probably massively so and even if he gets a couple of goals that get us a couple of extra points it's better than bringing nobody in I know that's a terrible way to look at things but this is just the situation we're in does Kennedy improve us you saw tonight he made an absolutely huge difference bordering on a man of the match performance given given that he's just been thrown into the team so I think it's less about I think if you look at those signings as a collective they're not not bad signings at all it's okay but I think it's I think it's the circumstance in which we've acquired them and the time it's taken and the fact that we very nearly didn't get them given how important and crucial this transfer window is that has everyone so annoyed. Just just to provide some clarity to what I was saying as well. Swan- Chris Wood didn't play. <laughs> Swansea have re-signed Andre for 18 million quid. Southampton have spent 19 million quid on a play. They're, these are two teams below her. 
um, West Brom, who already had Rondon, Rodriguez, and another Robson Corno, who is shite, but still, he's, he's probably <laughs> he scored uh, against us earlier. Yeah, he scored against us. They've added Daniel Sturridge and other players. Um, Brighton have broken that transfer record. Huddersfield have signed a player for 11 million quid, and we've got two lads on loan who can't who can't get in their teams. And I'll bet you know, Kennedy United, fucking hell, what a performance! Brilliant. It, 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 I don't mean to get at Paul here, but I think we were saying in the first half side, we were like, Kennedy clearly isn't play, used to play with a left back like Paul Dennis. He was looking over his shoulder for the run and just seeing grass and like, well, where are you, Paul? All right, you're sorry, you're back next to Cardano on the, like, the fucking goal line. But you look at what other teams have done to try and stay in the league and you look at what we've done and it's almost like, honestly, if you were to take it out of context and you would take it out of football and Mike Ashley and show someone, it's almost like we've accepted relegation. Like Mike Ashley, we've accepted relegation. And one theory I've heard is, you know, we didn't spend money last January. So everyone said, oh, we'll have money for the summer. We didn't spend money in the summer. So everyone said, we'll have money for January. And it's kind of the same again. And if we do go down, he probably does have that 100, 120 million quid coming in TV money with her wage bill massively splashed to spend another 50 million quid getting what up. And it's like, well, we all know what it is. It'd probably be in the end of Rafa Benitez and he needs to sell the club and go. More of that at the True Faith Press Forum tomorrow night or tonight, whenever you're listening to this. Um, breaking news, Ben. Richard going to Fulham on loan. to Fulham on loan. Is he? In uh, talks. Uh, right. Um, can I just say, I think we're being uh, far too level-headed and nice about the transfer window and it's a complete, not a fucking disgrace and Mike Ashley can go and fuck himself. Um, <laughs> on top of that, I literally... Not only does it piss me off, right? It, it actually just baffles me, right? Like, why is he not protecting his asset? Like, surely, f- just from a bi- pure business like standpoint, why on earth wouldn't you invest just enough to keep up? Just, just do enough to to keep your asset that you don't fucking want as a sellable asset. I think I can answer that question because he hasn't got a fucking clue <laughs> what that is. He doesn't understand football. He doesn't know what it is that keeps us up. So he, he has no like no way of understanding how that translates to money. All he all he can think about is well, actually, if I spend more money now, I've got less cash. Like he doesn't understand football. He doesn't know what. You know, he won't listen to Rafa Benitez in that sense. He'll listen to the people around him. If he had a model for his businesses. If he had a model for his businesses where he's tried one method and he's suffered the, 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 the business equivalent of relegation twice, surely you change tack because you, you, you're not stupid um, and you, you learn from your mistakes and you try a different approach and it doesn't seem, it's, it's really, I, I can't understand his motivations. If he was kind of like an evil Mr. Burns style billionaire or something, who just, you could see what his end game was, you might not at least agree with it, but you could, you know, at least you understood w- w- where he was going with it. I just, it, it, it seems to be the fact that he's, he's not, he's not given Rafa, Rafa Benitez uh, actual hard cash in this transfer window, yet he understands how important Rafa Benitez is to a sale because PCP have stated as much and there were stipulations in the three bids. Yet he's, and he, and he, and on the same, in the same week, he's not giving them money, but then he's offering him a new contract. It's like, it, it, it's completely bizarre. Can I just go on, yeah. Can I just say, I think basically we've had this debate where I, I try and ask you to be customers rather than fans that is because he's turned me into a customer from a fan do you know what I mean like he's driven me away from I'll just happily spend money blah blah because it's my club and I love it because he's presiding over it and he's turning me into a customer who's demanding something in return because I think the way I answer it is I think he sees we see them as football players as fans we see them as like 
We don't see them as assets. I think he sees them as paid staff. Do you know what I mean? And he's kind of requesting, he's like, right, well, that's their responsibility. They're paid to do this. Why should I have to go and get someone else? Why should I have to go and spend money? Or why should I have to pay more money when I've got paid staff there who are supposedly Premier League footballers? They should be, you know, able to get us out of this mess. I don't think he's gambling. I think he's like borderline autistic and he actually just doesn't see the difference. Do you know what I mean? You know what, you know what worries me is like, right, he doesn't want to spend money because there's a sale. Let, let's go with that for a minute. Let's yeah. say, right, there is a sale. He doesn't want to spend money. The situation in the last week has become like almost terminal. A couple of weeks ago, Swansea was six points behind and we had them to play at home. And then West Brom were seven points behind her. So, so in my mind, they were, they were done. Those two teams were done. Do what you want in January, lads. You are done. Now they're a point. Something, I think Swansea are one point and West Brom are four, four or five points behind us. So there's still a bit of a gap there. But fine if, if, if you want you want to do what you want to do and you want to not back Rafa you want to fuck him over again to then not recognise what's happened since in the Premier League to not look at our fixture list I mean who have we got left at home who we'd who you'd say yeah I fancy us there I mean you f- I fancy us against no one at home Huddersfield and West Brom you know so for him for him not to think right okay a few days to go this is the thing that they offered 15 million quid for Jorgensen and, and, and it's been reported widely Mark Douglas said it the uh, the player didn't match their valuation. Who is they? Who is there? Who is the director of football? Who is the football expert? Who is the person who thinks this player is worth this much? When you've got Steve Nicholson, head of recruitment, is he above Rafa Benitez? Fuck knows. It's just an absolute farce. Who even is he? Who is he? He came from the under-23s or the under-21s, but my major concern now is we've not been in the relegation zone this season, really, have we? We haven't. I think West, West Ham went in the relegation zone and we won 3-2. And obviously the first couple of games of the season, you know, when the, the league table hadn't really taken shape. Watch this fan base when, when we go in the relegation zone. We'll, we'll play Palace on Sunday. Most of us are, well, me and Mickey are going. Um, if, we, if we don't get a result there, there are teams playing each other. I believe Stoke play Brighton. You know, one of them's going to pick up points. Wait until this, the shit hits the fan. And it's almost like Ashley, because we haven't... Even though it have been one, two points, goal difference, because we haven't been in the relegation zone, he hasn't felt necessary to ask. And that backs up Trubb's point of simply not, of just not understanding what needs to be done when McLaren, and we were four points, five points cut off, was spent big. And it's almost like, to, to, to us sat around the table here and everybody listening, that seems nonsensical because, because the fact that you're so close to pulling yourself out of trouble, you would invest and you would do whatever you could to get three points tonight to get three points against Swansea you get three points I mean Brighton was in December but it's uh, our, our, you know I'm positive and we said at the start of the season I thought we'd get about 48 points oh fuck getting 48 points we are f- we are we are relying on on, on, on Andre Ayew at, at Swansea being shite we're relying on Stoke the lad that just signed from Galatasaray for big money we're relying on him being shite it's almost like we're going to have to keep Storage doing yeah, storage getting injured. We're gonna to have to keep doing what we're doing, and we'll do all right. You know, we'll not we'll not embarrass ourselves like Sunderland. We'll not we'll not you know finish bottom with four games to go. We've got who we on the last day of the season. We've got we've got Chelsea, Chelsea. away. No Chelsea at home. Then then Watford away. You know we've got we've got Everton away. We've got Arsenal. We've got Leicester away, and that that's just the last five five six games. Like I worry. I, I'm seriously worried about Newcastle United now, and um, it's just nice like the night don't help. Look, looking at the results left, looking at the results, le- uh, the games left. Sorry, there's very few that you would think we're going to pick anything up in. We've, we've got basically all of the top eight I teams. Mean, Southampton at home is massive. Southampton at home, 
Um, Huddersfield at home, and then Watford. Really, are the games that you think <laughs> that we've got a got a chance in. Mickey. Slamani, you, you didn't rate him last night. Do you rate him today now as a Newcastle player? <laughs> um, it's impossible to say, really, isn't it? He's struggled for Leicester in a team that's vastly different to ours. Um, but he comes, he, he comes off the back of a, of a really a prolific season in Portugal, so who knows? Um, He's Leicester's record signing still. Yeah. It didn't work for him, though. Um, what concerns me, first of all, couple of things on Slomani. Number one is that he can only play nine games. If he if he's injured for the next two, which is supposedly true, he can only play nine games. Why? Because we've only got twelve and he misses Leicester Leicester. Well tonight there was one. Um maybe it's ten then. He, he can't play against Leicester and then misses Manu and Palace because he's injured. Um it's ten games. Um secondly is he's he's not done too well in English football and thirdly it's all on him. Like clearly, again, like, even more so from tonight. If he doesn't score, we're, we're fucked. So if he doesn't hit the ground running for Newcastle, he's we're, we're down. And judging, judging again, I hate to go back to it again because I say this almost every time I'm on the podcast. But people's reaction to Hosselu tonight when he missed chances. If he, if, if Slimani has a bad game for the first, if, if he has a bad first sixty minutes, people are getting on his fucking back straight away. Uh, like it, it just doesn't help. I, I, I like I was baffled. Listening to people scream at Hosley, a bloke who was so obviously desperate for confidence. Like, who are who are as a fan base to be to be treating a player like that? It's mental. Ah, oh, I just I, I worry that we're gonna we're gonna kill our only chance of staying up by being consumed. Yeah, sorry, kind of say, same question. You have just been confirmed. Adams is showbiz film. We've signed this keeper. Um, I think I think we're after a ten, a left back, a striker, and a keeper. We've done kind of three quarters of that business, albeit loans. And I don't know, uh, Adam, is this is this lad permanent? Is he? Yeah, he's on loan, but I think there's an option. For oh, all right, so another loan, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's, two, it's two million loan fee and then yeah. four million. Is it enough sign? Do you agree that we're now relying on other teams being shite rather than... Have we, have we reached the limit of our potential as a team? Well, I said it before tonight. We needed to win five games and that was a massively winnable game. So there's another one gone. It's going to be really hard, as you've just described from the fixtures, to win. We're, we're going to finish on less than 40 points. So, yeah, we need, we need other teams to have, have mares because how do we get past 40 points? Um... You mentioned the, the incomings. Obviously, Slomani's an improvement up front. Kennedy is, is class, another option on the wing. It's not really a left back. We've, we've got Paul Dummett fit and we're, we're stuck with Paul Dummett now. Hydora was, was shite last week. We, we, we won't see him again. Um, so we're, we're stuck with Paul Dummett. And we, we just described before how Kennedy and Paul Dummett, you just look at them and see it's just two different levels of footballer. Like, we've got a class footballer and we've got Paul Dummett who's worked really hard for it and, and earned the right to play in Rafa's team. But he's also the reason we got relegated because he's just he's just another football. He's not really good enough. Great great lad, and he's and he's, he's he's you know we've we've slated him for years, and then he he kind of turned us around last season because in the championship he was excellent. But yeah, that's three quarters of the transfer business we need to do. I think that's been generous. You know, we didn't get a number ten. We're going to be stuck with Perez basically. We've got Diame who's been really good, and we've got Marino now not playing as well as he has done. We've got Shelby still. I just I can't, I can't see 
football matches with this side where three or four players have a good game, we're going to have one or two players having a good game and the rest having an average game. And when that happens, we're not, we're not better than anyone. You've still got eight minutes. The fullback, yeah, still eight minutes to the window. <laughs> the the fullbacks worry me. Yedlin had a good game tonight for like 75 minutes and then he just has a ropey, ropey five or ten minutes and he's, no. it's what? He's, he's shite, man. Yedlin, Yedlin is perfect in a game where we'll play a high line or we're against fast strikers because he can recover. We need to play a high line and then he can run back. When we're playing deep like we did tonight and the ball's coming over the top, he looks lost. When the ball comes at him, when someone comes running at him, he just, he cannot defend, man. He just, I thought, he's a sprinter, not a footballer, and he needs to go and find another fucking hobby. <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when he let that ball bounce in the second half, it was just like how I made like, you've seen Jamal, like, Literally heading them it like out of touch, like into touch, just constantly, just head the ball, head the ball, head the ball. We'll reset from the throw in, and he lets the ball bounce, and Aaron Lennon gets the ball, and it's just like you're not, you're not gonna get any better, are you, mate? Like this yeah. is this is the limit, and you know what? He, he has a place in this squad, but if, if he's our first choice right back, then and I, 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 you know, Wilfred Zahan is coming on Sunday. Fucking hell, <laughs> uh, we're struggling, Mickey. I was gonna, I was gonna tell you apart, tell you apart about Yedlin as well. I thought he was shocking the day. In, uh, in he was that he was right. I was just saying he, he has, he has games where he's all right. He's all right for the majority of the game. He doesn't do anything wrong. He does a lot of things right. But then he's so bad when he's bad. It's not Premier League standard. I thought he was poor all game from start to finish. I thought his positioning was poor, which normally he's, he's, he's not too bad yeah. at. Um, he lost the ball repeatedly in dangerous areas for them. Second one in, half, one in particular. In the, in the first half it was in, positionally in the first half I thought he was poor but in the first half we dominated them so it's, it's a different game he wasn't defending he, the, the problem with him as was evident when he let the ball bounce in the box and Aaron Lennon managed to keep it in and then gets the ball across to one of their players who fluffs his shot he can't defend He's, he, he doesn't know how to defend that's bread and butter for a fullback you have to be able to defend surely <laughs> i just say so that's that. Um, you know, War Flags did a big uh, display against Mike Ashley tonight with Kevin Keegan's famous quote, the, the pictures look great. Well done, everybody involved in that. Um, and yeah, we'll be back. So we've got the True Faith Press for tomorrow night. We'll have a podcast out, hopefully, of it Friday morning if I get the chance. And then um, we're, we're going to Palace and we need to win. And uh, I hope he picks a team like he picked at Stoke with plenty of pace, playing the counter-attack. So lads, thanks very much for your contributions tonight. Uh, follow us on Twitter at TF Weekly Pod, and we'll be back with you soon. Cheers. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.